It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. We've got Josh Jacobs running his 40. The Alabama Pro Day. Darbs is back. Henderson Dale. Really? Okay. I guess we'll go to that as Go Birds number 60 right here on Radio.com. Sports Radio 94. WIP. John Barcher. James Seltzer. John, I'm just going to go with not Corey Graham and be happy about it. That's my general take. <laughs> which is which is probably the take that you should have. But I want to start with the the running backs here yes. today, because this is, we had a very condensed Go Birds radio on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We didn't get into a lot. And we then, wanted to talk running no, backs. No, and then Elliot's like, no, no, no. Uh, but And instead we yelled at each other. Which was you know, yeah. pleasant for some, not, not for others. It happens. I will say this. Stop comparing Josh Jacobs' awful 40 time, which was a 4-6-3 or 6-6 six, six, mm-hmm. or just 4-6, depending on which hand timer you want. It's not great, John. It's not great. Not great. And you know what? Again, we're stuck in this draft class again where it is... Not great, actually, for the first time in a long time. Not saying that you can't go grab somebody, and I know everybody's just like, well, you know, even Jeff Mosier on Inside the Birds. And I, I hate to do this because it's, it's I, I don't doubt the information is correct. He said he wouldn't be surprised if they ta- do take a running back at 25, and then he mentioned Josh Jacobs' name. I, it doesn't make sense to me. It does not make sense to me in just in terms of, what uh, I think is going to be available down there in, in you know, how we're calling this a historic draft class and so on and so on. I just, I, I get it. I know that this team desperately needs one and we're all looking for that guy. And yeah, I know that Corey Clement may or may not be, or no, he's not going to be that guy. Like we, we already know that. I think it's safe to say, which I'll accept your apologies now as I think both of us called him just a guy. When he was drafted, now people are dying for running backs. So we're going to get into this whole discussion. But at the end of the day, running backs are, again, important. Uh, It means that you can go back to not caring about them in August and then demanding them again in September. (laughs) Because that's how I feel like this... Gone. But what do you what do you make of all just in general? Then Josh Jacobs, if you have any. Yeah. um, In general, I think that we are seeing what we already knew. Howie Roseman just doesn't value the position the way the fan base wants him to. And that kind of segues into the Josh Jacobs thing as a part of it in that I'm with you, John. And look, Jeff has sources. He knows people. I I don't doubt that it has been brought up or whatever. Absolutely. 
But I or would, I could see a scenario where maybe, it falls that way, and that's what they do. Sure. Look, best player on the board, if he's the best guy on their board, sure. I just would be shocked in a yeah. situation where Howie Roseman himself said it, and everybody else you hear from is, this is a all-time great defensive line draft, and there are going to be so many guys at that 25 pick who can really make a difference at such an important position, a position that the Eagles clearly have valued in recent years under Howie, I would just be so floored if they don't go in that direction. Again, you're right, John. Look, if the board shakes out that way and all the guys they had that high go before them and Josh Mm -hmm. Jacobs is sitting there, sure, I think it's on the table. I think they will take a guy who they think can help them, but I I just think it's far more likely – that as much as we want them to have that guy at that position, they don't think they need that guy. Yeah, there's not. This isn't. This isn't like Darius Geis last year. Like Darius Geis is. Uh, who knows what we think of him attitude wise? And I guess we'll kind of find out what happens with that awful. Oh my God! Yeah, we actually have to talk about how bad the NFC East has gotten to at some point, but. We'll see what he's like. Just in case you didn't know, I love David Gettleman. He is is maybe my favorite person in the sport right now. And yet is still not run worse than than Washington, which is just the most impressive. He's giving it a run for his money, but I agree. But he is is saying, hey, Washington, hold my beer. (laughs) But the, the, the fact, it's a sure fact alone that like, and I get it, Josh Jacobs has been a focal point for a lot of people. If you're a draft Twitter person, this is old news to you. You know the, your your takes about him are are two months old, and everybody's clamoring for Daryl Henderson, which is totally fine. Elliot Shore Park's walking in here too, coming on as, in as well. Oh hey, SP, what up, guys? <laughs> How about that? Out of Good nowhere. Timing. See, this is uh, he's in the office today, and I'm just banishing him from the podcast. I know, not even not even fully inviting him. I wore my blazer. I was trying to look and nice everything. for you guys, and just. <laughs> Still felt excluded. Well, uh, well we're glad know. that you are still here because this is what I was just about to go into anyway. Like, there's a there's just a fascination with with Josh Jacobs, and I think we're getting into name syndrome here. I mean, uh, Henderson's been been my guy from Memphis for a long time now, and I don't understand why more people aren't talking about him. And it's probably a guy that's going to be available in the second round who is. Has just as, if not better, hands has uh, you know a better movement between the tackles. Like to me, is an, uh, is a better running back all around. And I I just feel like people are attaching themselves to this one guy. And and despite info and all that, like it doesn't make any sense to us <laughs> of why he's linked to the Eagles. The Eagles are not taking Josh Jacobs at twenty five overall. Like, what has Howie ever done to make you think he was going to use a first round pick on a running back, and especially a guy that, for the reasons you just mentioned, is not even some generational type? You know, it would have to be a really special back. And I'm not denying that Jacobs is probably the best in this draft, but somebody has to be. Doesn't mean he's worth number twenty five overall. Howie values a defensive line that is going to be the best player on the board. It's their biggest need. They're going to take a defensive lineman, and they're. They might trade up to do it. Yeah, which Ooh. is which is Ooh. why is that is like that, that a guess like or that. is that a little? That's why you include me in the pot? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Is that a little? Bringing a lot more than I am. Wow, he's rubbing his nose and he's blinking. He's doing giving a wink and everything. So is that? That's what I heard from okay. over the past weekend. Okay. Yeah, that they're they are interested in trading up and it's or going defensive line. Okay, which uh, which makes a ton of sense mm-hmm. at least to me. And in terms of, I know that's Joe Giglio's argument last night too. This is another thing about just how this team might be getting older in the free agents that they sign. And it's just like, look, man, I mean, 
They did the same things in 2017. It's only right now we, we don't have Jackson's exact numbers, and we know that that 8.5 from Darbs carries over. But uh, I mean, this is what you have to do, you know. And I know that they didn't address running backs there because there's not anybody really worth taking outside of the big ones. Le'Veon Bell's going to make way too much money. Telvin Coleman's not a complete back anyway, so why waste your time and why waste the cap space? Go find somebody that's you know productive, something that you need. Third safety in Sendejo makes. I guess sense from that perspective. I'll wait on my take on that. But like I, I, this is this is normal to me. Everything that's happened so far, even if I kind of slightly disagree with it, it makes sense of what they've done for agent wise, where we think they're going to look in the draft board. So like again, just don't get your hopes up for a running back and in the first round, and then everything will probably go according to plan. I don't. Yeah, I, don't really I think know. Elliot put it put it really well. You know what yeah. is how he ever done to make you think he's going to do that? I, I said it before. I just don't think they value the position the way us as fans want them to value the position, and that's just what it is. Whether they trade for Jordan Howard and have a, a, a receiving back, whether they're going to do some sort of committee type thing, it's how they won the Super Bowl. It's how they build their teams. And look, it makes sense from an, uh, you know, if you have three running backs on the roster or active roster, have those guys do different things. I mean, it, it makes sense philosophically speaking. So, yeah, I think that that is the way they like to build teams. And I think this is just another example of that. I, I totally agree with that. Another thing that I think's a bit of a myth and how he kind of portrays this, but the Eagles don't value their draft picks. Like, so you, you look at how they handle free agency. Like, they sign older guys that they know can come in and play right away. Last year, they only, did, only ended up drafting five players. This year, they have three picks in the first two rounds, which, again, is why the people around the league expect them to try to trade up because they would rather take a guy in the top 15 than have three guys in, in the first two. Well, especially considering the comp pick stuff, think about the picks they have coming next right. year, and that's clearly something that was a purposeful attempt to find a market inefficiency by Howie Roseman type of move, and it's going to add to their draft capital next year. It gives them more flexibility to be a little bit more aggressive this year. So do you think overall there's – because this is where, like, I, I it's interesting you guys bring up the comp picks and everything. I don't know if you guys caught uh, – where was it? At the, uh, the Sports Analytic Conference that the Raiders actually won the award for the best trade with Khalil Mack and that hole and how they – they got more value back, and they said that's the, the process is is the best thing that you've done, and it's a whole process versus results type of thing there too. Like that's I kind of feel that way as well, and I'm glad that Howie Roseman feels that way too. Picks are nothing. Picks are picks are just a, they're capital and a, a way to go get the guy that you want, which you guys have obviously said, and no nobody would mind, especially if that pick hits that ends up doing. I. I I really think the draft itself is overrated in terms of, you know, you still need it, and there in a salary cap is, league, you need young talent so, for cheap. But, but outside of the top one hundred, right? Like those are your, that's probably the most valuable of everything. Everything else now with comp picks, like third and below, doesn't matter anymore. Your first and second round picks, and that's pretty much been true since the league's been uh, here. But like even more so now. You can waste third and fourth round picks like they're nothing. You can do Golden Tate trades because you know that it's not going to count against you during a run. You can do all these different things, and those should be used 
for older guys, for veterans, for guys that you know you can really go in and count on. So we're not arguing about Sidney Jones and Derek Barnett and the right. rest that I'm sure we're going to get into as well. So the w- one part I would disagree with you on is I do think the Eagles are kind of playing with fire with the way they handle business. Like you have to then hit on like the year they won the Super Bowl. People will point to that year they hit on all those free agents. That was. Almost like winning the lottery. Like Patrick Robinson hit, Chris Long hit, uh, Garrett Blunt hit. Like all those guys hit. That's not going to happen every year. So I just think the the strategy of always moving money around the cap, which is basically moving from credit card to credit card, and you know not hitting on your draft picks and counting on these one year free agent guys, I think is not a long term winning strategy. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl in 2017, which, you know, props to Howie for accomplishing that. But, <laughs> <laughs> wow. No big deal. Here you wow. go. <laughs> well, but I'm just saying, I don't think... It's like, oh, yeah, he did our job. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. You know, shout out to Nick Foles. But, like, <laughs> no, I mean, like, I just think overall, I disagree that the... the I think valuing the draft is the way to build a team still. Uh, Especially when your quarterback's going to be making $28, 30000000 million a year. Curious what you think, James. Yeah, Eileen, I, I kind of see where you're both coming from. I think that for a long time in the NFL, draft picks got to the point where it was literally like gold, and they were overrated in a sense, and I do think that Howie has kind of seen the the overrating of it, but I, I do agree with Elliot in the sense that I don't think in this league, especially now with Carson Wentz soon enough going to be a high-priced quarterback, I think the importance of having young, playable talent for incredibly cheap for multiple years is paramount. I, I think you can't win in the NFL without it unless you have a quarterback on a rookie deal and that allows you more flexibility to do these types of things. But as soon as Wentz gets paid, I, I think they're gonna they're really gonna have to hit on their picks to be able to sustain that model. And I just, you know, and if you, as long as you are hitting on your first and second round picks. The, the the rest you can kind of fill out later. I mean, no one no one really expected Avante Maddox to be in the fold as a fourth you know fourth right. rounder, and then that's hey that that ends up being great. But most of the time, that's not going to happen anyway. But Howie doesn't hit on his first and second round. Picks, Howie's hit really. more on the later stuff. I mean, Corey well, Clemens undrafted guy we mentioned. Around. I mean, um, he's always been Maddox, good at obviously. It anyway. Yeah, I mean, Barnett's up for debate. Sidney Jones is obviously a miss at this point. Like, so I mean, you just look at what he's done recently, and I think it's been. You know, not great. So flip it and have him get rid of the first and second round. <laughs> yeah, guys. exactly. He should just, just take his fourth bottom, round guys the in the first round. round. But you know, I, I, I do uh, want to see. I'm uh, the for the most part what you guys are talking about. I'm very curious on how they handle this draft because although um, I, you know, just said all those things, I do agree that they have. I mean, this is it. You know, this is this is rebuilding your core again for Wentz in years. You know. 10, 11, 12, whatever it ends up being for how long he's being here. Hopefully he can be. Uh, Ronald Darby got signed. And uh, you would have thought that the entire secondary of the Eagles is now garbage. Uh, I'm I'm really impressed by all the takes that <laughs> have come out in the last couple of days. He signs a one-year deal for $8.5 million. Then the next thing you know, that means, well, this is why Jalen Mills isn't as good. Or this is why... Uh, you know, they, they haven't really figured anything out. And actually, uh, Ronald Darby wasn't even that great last year anyway. And somehow he avoids a lot of the criticism after coming back. And then, you know, he's better than Sidney Jones and then all these other different things here. James, what, is the, what does this mean to you that they have now eight DBs 
in the in the secondary. I think like I, what is it? What is it? Does it signal anything for you? I think it's awesome. I, I, I think, think it's, it's sig- great. I think it signals what happened last year that injuries happen. You lose guys, and in that defensive backfield, it can go bad in a hurry. And granted, those guys figured it out and got better and improved, and that's why guys like Craven LeBlanc are being considered for next season in the first place. But look, I think last season showed why you need depth. It's a passing league now. We already talk about how they play five uh, secondary players, five or six on the field at all times to begin with. Nickel is almost their base formula now. So I think that I, I, I love it. I'm all for it. I think the Ronald Darby deal, $8.75 million, Two things about it. One, you have to assume that he is rehabbing there. We know he's rehabbing there. You have yeah. to assume that the Eagles have really good knowledge of where he's at in his progress. So that makes me feel good about them wanting to bring him back. And then when you look at the number, look, he would if he were fully healthy, regardless of, you know, I know he's disappointed in some eyes or whatever, he would have made double digits on the market, probably 12, 13 million on the market, assuming he were fully healthy and had never had the ACL. I think it's a great risk to take. I think it's the right price. It's a one-year deal. He builds his... He's playing for a contract now. You give him that chance to earn his value back up. He's probably not an eagle after next year, but I, I do like the move. My my issue with it is, and again, it's not my money, so who cares, but $8.75 million, I think is like eighth or ninth biggest cap hit on the team this year. And he's a guy that is not a top 10 player on the team. He's not maybe not a top three cornerback on the team, and he's not worth $8.75 million, even if healthy. Now, I agree he would have gotten more, so there and, is and that. I, look, I think that, you, look, uh, you're basing it on what you've seen with the Eagles, which has been an injury, a well, return like half injury, his career. and then he got hurt again. But still, the point is, there is talent there. Like, he can be better than we've seen him be with the Eagles. See, I just think after year four, like, you are what you are at this point. If it weren't for the injuries, I agree. Well, but that's, I mean, that's part mass- of it. I, I look, and that it's a one-year deal. So from yeah. that perspective, they're not making a long-term investment well, in it. And that's almost why I like it less, the fact that it's one year. Because realistically, I mean, he talked to reporters on a Tuesday, and he said, uh, you know, he said he thinks he'll be ready by week one, but he's basically just saying that he he... You know, he probably has some idea, but it's going to be up to trainers. Let's say he doesn't play until week four, which isn't a number I've seen thrown out there a lot. Like that's a, you know a quarter of the season you're missing there. So that's eight point five seven eight point seven five million. And again, a lot of Howie's deals when you see like three years twenty seven for Deshaun. Deshaun's cap hit this year is only three something. Yeah, Malik 3. Jackson's cap hit is only three something. Like eight point seven five million is a significant cap hit to give somebody for one year. A guy that is not going to play a portion of it, you would think, is going to be coming off an injury and hasn't played well when he's been out there. I mean, I would I would rather have used that money elsewhere. And I get your point about depth. Don't get me Where wrong. Where is elsewhere? Just out of curiosity. I would have rather paid Tevin Gol- Coleman $5 million bucks. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't drag him out of San Francisco. Well, but, well zone, but I'm but saying, like, you could have said, okay, I, we'll give you 5 I, I wouldn't 5 have, or... just for what it's worth. I think the Ronald Darby is a better... I agree. Thing of, of what the Eagles need as opposed to Tevin I mean, Coleman. Tevin Coleman has had a better NFL career than Ronald Darby has. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ronald Darby has been in the league four years. I mean, he Ronald mi- Darby he was awesome. One year. Yeah. Awesome. Of four, he was he was awesome. Right. Agreed. And, and he's had Tevin Coleman has been pretty good his whole career. He is a solid NFL player. He's been a number you're, you're, two back on his you're team. You're going to argue about $3.7 million a, for Tevin pretty Coleman good. Tevin Coleman hasn't even been the starting like, running back on his own team. <laughs> he has, he hasn't been. Ronald Darby has also and been sidelined for the majority of his And even last year when Freeman went down, like, Tevin Coleman was not great. Well, Ito Smith ate into his carries. Ito Smith was as involved, if not more involved right. in the offense, than Tevin Coleman. I, I, well, I, going to a place that has four running backs. To be clear, this is more... 
an indictment of how I feel about Darby, then I'm not like pounding the table for Coleman. I was okay Sounds past. Like you were. Well, but I'm just saying that he asked what I would have done with the money if I were. Sounds I would like rather walk back. I know. I I would rather play. You love Tevin Coleman. I would rather. Yeah, he's my guy. He's my new Jordan Matthews. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, look, I would have rather paid Tevin On Coleman the same five team. million. Jay Madden, Tevin oh, Coleman. Oh yeah, I know. That. That. You're right. You I might have to get, that. get You're a fucking Niners, Niners guy yeah. now. Everyone's gonna be tweeting me go cover the Niners. Yeah. But <laughs> look, at the end of the day, Ronald Darby is what he is. He's an injury-prone cornerback that has not played well. Like it is what it is. Like that is what he is, and it's eight point seven five million is a lot of money for that. We know it's just mother-in-law or wife here because I look at him and I say, played pretty well and is getting $8.5 million plus improves the depth and gives you plenty more to tweet about a training camp. But when huh. has he played well, though? Like, yes, the, his his rookie it's year too, in Buffalo. Even the year he broke his, or I thought his ankles died, I thought he played really well. Yeah, at times. And I'm even saying. before like, he got just, hurt last year. He played like, well he in the playoffs. Games, but he also yeah. had some, here's the thing, you can watch him play and and see the talent like it jumps off the field the speed the closing ability yep. i mean that's the type of thing where if right he can be really good it's, and you don't you don't find players at that position with that kind of upside for that price very often i just don't see what like okay he's faster than rasul douglas right Rasul Douglas came in last year. I thought played really well towards. Yeah, the end. I thought Rasul was great too. Right, yeah. Rasul's going to make like four hundred thousand dollars this year. Well, he got drafted. I mean, yeah. that's- no, I know, but I'm just saying. I think to a certain point, and this isn't all sports. It's not just with Ronald Darby. Like people stick to the fact that he was a first round pick and he had that potential. Second for round him. pick. Sorry, that no. I thought he was like Darby. Ronald Darby. Yeah, second, second round. round okay, yeah, yeah. my bad. Um, I thought maybe maybe I'm thinking the Panthers were going to take him at 14. Maybe he said that. Who knows? Regardless, <laughs> everyone sticks to the fact of he had all this potential, but it's now been four years, and 8.75 is a lot of money. I, I just don't think it's potential anymore. I think he's displayed that on the field. And the other biggest thing of why you do this is because man, you you invested, you know, Jordan Matthews. You traded away Jordan Matthews for. For Ronald Darby. Well, and a third-round pick. Yeah, and the third-round right. pick, which is clearly the least important of the mm. two. Uh, and if he hits, again, like if you take the one year and just say, let's make sure, because now he's going to be 26, I think, after this season, and so rather than he go sign a long-term deal with the Chiefs, or maybe he was only getting one-year right. deals, I don't know. But if there was a multiple-year contract on the table as opposed to like, Hey, uh, Darby's going to go ahead and bet on himself, playing a system that he knows after it'd be his third system, um, you know, in, in his first time in free agency while doing it. So why not go find a place? At least I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar with what they do, and there's going to be an opportunity for me to start right but, away. As and he's motivated. He is motivated to go out yeah. and get paid. Yeah, you're just not really getting him at a discount, though. Like yes, I, you no, are. Uh, I mean, one year, one year, eight point seven five million. I mean. It, look, like let's say he was completely I mean, healthy for that position. You're getting him for a discount. I I disagree. Maybe slightly, but I don't think you're getting. You're not getting him at one year three million. Like you're not getting him at some. <laughs> yeah. And again, yeah. you're gonna have to yeah. pay him. Let's say he comes back th- this year. He plays really well. He's healthy, and we're all sitting here at the end of the season being like, "Wow, that was good thing they brought him back." Right? You're then gonna have to give him a massive deal next off season. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I. Why think wouldn't you? Hold on, because this is what I don't understand. You're saying like can't rely on Sidney Jones. You can't, you know, you, you can't just hand the job to Maddox. You right. can't do all this other different stuff. To me, no, that's well, I didn't say you can't just hand the job to Maddox. To me, I think you can rely on Rasul, Cravion, Rasul somewhat, but like he's going to be healthy and he's going to play. Rasul, Cravion, Jalen Mills. I don't know what do you guys think of that foot thing. Apparently, he's like, see, I think was that's wearing a, a boot recently. Still, that, like that's the other thing. It kind of signals too is I don't, I really don't think he's going to be ready for the season. 
I, I don't know. Uh, it's like, I, we're back. Not, not that Darby's going to be ready for the season either. I just think it's, hey, they're not sure when he's going to come on the field. Well, let me ask you this. What do you, the guys, what do you guys think the chances are they go into next year with six cornerbacks? The, the six that they have right now. I, All six are on the roster. I think there's a very solid chance. Okay. If, if I had to bet right now, I would bet that those six guys make the roster. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. I just wonder if, if maybe they're trade chips at the draft. It could be. I mean, yeah. look, they're assets. And, and in a league, yeah. as we talk about, where you can never have enough good quarterbacks, sure, I think mm-hmm. that that is a possibility. But I could also see a world where they're all here. I would just hate, like, you know, if there's something in play where it's one of these corners for, like, a Jordan Howard and and picks or whatever, like, I'd be I'd be mad. I'd be mad. I and You're not a Jordan Howard guy? Uh, no. No, not especially not for any really like the the secondary collateral that you have unless you his numbers wanna, were pretty good last year. So, oh, I know. I mean, like it's it's just whatever. And this is the, you had mentioned it. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. But let's not just all of a sudden be like, hey, Crevion LeBlanc, who has been on how many different teams and was not good on them, is all of a sudden like, oh yeah, solidified in the starting lineup or going to be your starting nickel or whatever. Great that he's got an opportunity, but that's kind of. How this all goes. Nobody really knows where these chips are going to fall with with the secondary. And James, you already mentioned it. Just the injuries alone from last year. Keep them all. Like we've had, we this is the second year in a row that we've had this discussion. Everybody thought, oh, Ronald Darby is going to get traded next year, and thank God that he didn't. Because I mean, at least he was a starter for a couple of weeks before he, you know, tore his ACL. Was it in Dallas that it happened? Yeah, well, sure? in Philly, I think it was, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. So it was a. Uh, it was in uh, November, I know that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just kind of like, uh, after what we saw last season, I, I'm with you, James. Keep keep them all and just see what happens. So, I, I do agree with you guys. I like the idea of having as, because like you saw last year, you need the depth. I just I just personally think $8.75 is an overpay for one year. It, it I just do. So, I, I agree. Look, I think that's fair. They're, they're a better roster with Ronald Darby on it. Like, if you just let him leave, like, yeah, then your your cornerback position doesn't look as good. I just think it's a significant chunk of change and a significant chunk of your cap space for a guy that's been inconsistent and hurt all the time. Um, Here's the other thing I'll say. Anderson Dejo being here. like Not a fan? They <laughs> did. The, I mean, everybody's first thought is getting trucked by LeGarrette Blunt. Sure. And of course, I posted that video, and right. everybody's like, well, to be fair, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt did run over. It's just, just, he is not good. You know, I mean, well, at is one he better point than in his Corey career. That was what I said at the top. I and was he, like, he's, I'm who, just going to call him not Corey Graham, and I'll be happy. <laughs> right. Who is, who is, I mean, like every safety on the market right now is better than, than Corey Graham. Uh, the deal wasn't announced yet, so we don't know the numbers, which is always a good indicator that it's yeah, it's dirt probably cheap. like a million bucks. So, <laughs> what am I really complaining about? Nothing, because it's a one-year deal, and like you said, he's better than Corey Graham. But there, uh, he's he's not good. Well, look, he <laughs> wa- he was he two was years good. ago. He was awful last year. Yeah. I agree with you, and and he's probably you know he's definitely past his prime. But I think that in that role where you're not asking him to, you know. Be one of your likely be one of your two starting safeties, and granted, they play that other role a lot, and how it shakes out with the cornerbacks and stuff too. That's what I mean. There's a lot of different potential moving parts there, but I I think that he's capable. He's a guy you can put out there and know. And granted, we probably would have thought this about a Corey Graham type person too, and we saw in Tennessee it doesn't always happen. But he's someone you can know will be where he's supposed to be and do his job. He might be again. He's not great. But he might be the best backup safety they've had here in a while, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Maragos was just a special teams guy. Trey Sullivan's improved somewhat, but certainly, you know, not a dependable option at this point. I think at least this guy will come in 
and he's better than Corey Graham. He'll be your fourth safety. I think the third guy will not be him. And if it is him, it'll be because he's earned it and he's played well. But he's going to have to play really well to beat out getting some of these other corners off the field. Uh, with the caveat of, uh, again, yes, he's better than Corey Graham. I mean, he cannot drop down, though. Like, you cannot have him anywhere near – Slot receivers, you can't yeah, have them near rushing. But they didn't ask. They didn't really ask Corey Graham to do that, right? I What's mean, that? They didn't ask Corey Graham to go up and play nickel a lot. No, no. But right. I'm just saying, like it, it completely eliminates all of that, which is unfortunate, at least to, to me. Like that's something that you wanted to try and improve on, just on a just in the position itself. Like, yeah, just like running backs, anybody's going to be better than Wendell Smallwood, right? So, yeah. But I mean, if your bar is just like, yeah, it's an improvement, but um, I mean, he's still box safety. At the end of the day, and I do wonder at some point because as as much as we've talked about running backs and how that and also linebackers are just completely devalued around the league and in the Eagles front office, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets snaps at will. Yeah. Where you have you know nickel and big dime spots sure. in there too, which is I think I think what it'll good. ultimately be if everyone's healthy, like I think you'll see Avante getting a lot of those third safety snaps, maybe even playing equal snaps to Rodney. Maybe like he'll you know he'll take some of Rodney snaps. See, I knows? think I think Avante's going to be in the slot more than anything. Yeah, well, think, but you yeah. could again. He's and, too good a corner to put him at safety. So I, I, to me, if I were going to put him at corner, I would just put him on the outside. I think he might be the best cornerback on this team. I agree. How about hundred percent. But I, but, so yeah. I think so. I I do agree with you on that. Number two, I think he could end up being the next Malcolm for this team, like kind of just doing a little bit of everything. But if you have Cravion, and I think your point is correct, he's he's a limited sample size. But he did play really well. If you can put him at the nickel, and then you can have Avante kind of just like move around and do a bunch of stuff, I would almost prefer him doing that over just being your full time nickel. But I think he could play outside too. I, I'm with James. The only this is and said it on Twitter too. But the great thing about that signing is it almost forces him to stay at corner somewhere. If he ends up battling for the outside, so be it. Mm-hmm. Right, let's 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 Agreed. find out. I don't if think Sidney Jones ends up being your full time nickel. Yeah, I know you spent whatever uh, to go and do that. Fine, you know whatever, and have Cravion back him up. That's a way better situation. With that, or have Cravon start and have Sidney Jones back him up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Cravon's a better player at this point. But like, I mean, <laughs> he, I mean, he there is. It is. He at is. this point, he showed you five games in his entire I career. I mean, it's better that than was, what Sidney showed. Yeah, Look, he's, I'm not saying I'm out on Sidney Jones, but like right I, now, you can't argue that Sidney Jones is a better player than Cravon LeBlanc. You can't. Okay, you can argue he's more talented. That he has a way yeah, higher ceiling. Right on. I, I, I'm but you can't. Red. Right? I'm beat I mean, red. how could like, you possibly argue about, about that? One guy's played well in the NFL and the other hasn't. He's what made way bigger about? plays than Sydney. Has. Cravon was really good last year for the Eagles. He sure was, gang. And, and when was Sidney Jones good for the Eagles? When yeah. was Sidney Jones good for the, the Eagles? The first couple of weeks of the season when was he was actually starting at nickel. Was yes. he? Yeah, of course. Uh, I remember him not playing that great against the Titans. He was meh. There's yeah. meh. Meh? Okay. Meh. Didn't he give up Sydney the game-winning Jones? touchdown meh. to the Titans? Am I wrong about that? No. That was no, it was Maddox was on it. Was Maddox. Oh, yeah. oh. Well, well what, look, he was I playing mean, Maddox. It was Maddox. He's a rookie, so Playing yeah, safety no, no, no. for the first no, time in his career. I mean, he's just no, better. No, it was like, okay, playing safety right. for the first time in his career in right. that game, so let's not get carried away here. No, uh, it really wasn't his fault to begin yes. with. Yes, and it was, it was just a great, yeah, yeah, it was just a Corey Graham. I mean, Corey Davis made a nice play. Yeah, I nice would say nice this, play. though, about Avante. I don't think he'll battle to be anywhere. I think they'll pick where he wants him and he'll start there. Like, I think, like, they like him a lot and yeah. they'll just put him where they want him. I just need him on the field and I don't care. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I think I they'll they'll decide where they like him the best and they will put him there. Yeah. Uh, is Rover a position in the secondary? Could be. 
why not? I mean, it's going more <laughs> positionless in right, general yeah. in the NFL. I mean, we've seen it a lot with the linebacker safety hybrid type guys. It's starting to be where it isn't the same as we've seen with just yeah. the Corey Graham role in this off defense last few years. It's not the same type of you know four three that type of stuff is is kind of a thing of the past now. Yeah, I think it's going to be. You're going to start. There will be no seven man fronts anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a five man front with. Sometimes I mean, it's six and sometimes it's seven. Camus you know? and Nate Gary are basically safeties. Yeah, they, <laughs> so like, they are. You they're know, converted like, They're only really playing one linebacker. Yeah, so uh, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting summer uh, for a bunch of different reasons, but the secondary is is one of them. And uh, I, I I just have to say this, no matter what, and we're arguing about certain certain things, and I'm sure there's people pulling their hair out listening to this anyway, but at the end of the day, we can all just laugh and smile because what the fuck is Washington doing? <laughs> what the fuck are the Giants doing? What, uh, I thought what the say, fuck are they doing? I thought you were going to say the Giants. They both. 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 Yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. They're, like, what are they doing? You have Dave Gettleman who is- Oh, I love that guy. Who is just- Who literally said- He's a I hero is what he is. About ages of players. Maybe that's just me. I just want to go find good football he players. He listed height and, analy- height and weight as analytics. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, buddy. Yes. And then you have Washington, who has signed Trey Flowers, Landon Collins, DRC. Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers. Trey Flowers is a oh, much yeah, better no, no. football player. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't screw the, yeah. those two names up. Uh, just on and on of just garbage and more garbage packed on more garbage with no quarterbacks and the junkies. Uh, down on uh, 106.7, the fan have said that they don't, they are positive, 100% positive, that they don't think that Jay Gruden knows what's going on or yep. any moves are that are going on. He is not aware of them at all. He finds out through the media. Poor Jay. This is. And that man still thinks that Jay Gruden's a good coach, by the way. No, I think he's better. I think he's. I think he's a better coach. <laughs> well, they than were in position to win the division. That's ah. what I mean. Like, I, to win the I division. Takes, I, mean. I think he takes dog shit every year <laughs> yeah. and like is like okay with it. Like he's not I, a great I think coach, the Giants are. I think he's better way, than people give credit for. The Giants are way worse off. I than think the, the Giants might are. be the worst team in football this year. I, I think they're they're one in fifteen potential. Don't think we're giving enough credit to this Washington front office. I really don't. No, the Case Keenum's pretty great, John. So will win. So, but that, no, that's what I'm saying. I know, like, I'm kidding. I'm obviously kidding. Well, six, and Landon six, Collins is garbage. Just to be clear, no, but they gave him, they gave him no, the, the deal is garbage. Dollars. But the deal is not going to matter once he's out on the field. Look, they, it's a bad offseason. I'm not disagreeing, but I think that the Giants are way worse off the than the Redskins are. The way that they're are. going to use him is going to be disastrous. It's not Landon Collins the player. Landon Collins the player. We know what he does. We know what he doesn't do. Uh, he's their starting. Strong safety was they're going to expect to be a free safety, and he's not that. Like he's not that at all. Everything else that they're doing between, I mean, there is no. As much as we're going to say the Giants have no future, they still have an opportunity to go draft a quarterback. Washington does too. I would assume that's what both of them are going to go try and do. And it is in one of the most dog shit. I don't care what anybody says. It's one of the most dog shit quarterback drafts to go and do that, and you you can't really miss. And between. Murray and Haskins, which is sometimes you know one and two, maybe Drew Locke fits in there at some point. They're going to be bad forever, and I think Washington's going to be bad forever. That and and we as long as as long as Daniel Mm -hmm. Snyder is owning Washington, they will be. Yeah, the Giants can turn this around somehow. Yeah, look, the Giants at least have success in the recent past in their history. Like that, but look, David Gettleman. Might be the worst executive in all of sports. I mean, he's that 
bad. So he is really putting them in a hole, and the longer they continue to allow him to put them in a hole, only going to make it a deep role. So I, I disagreed, as we discussed, a little bit with the Ronald Darby deal and the money and all that. But at least when I cover the Eagles, I can sit here and say, OK, well, what was Howie's thought process on this, right? Howie has reasonings for things. He gets advice from people. He has an analytical department. He has a cap guy, right? Dave Gettleman, when he talks, it seems like he's just like figuring it out on the fly. <laughs> he traded Odell. He said he called one team about it's it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. One team. And he only called him after the Antonio Brown trade fell through. Right? Like, so that's the amazing part thing about when Gettleman talks. It just seems like even last year, he said he never considered trading number two overall. Like, Howie, at the very least, looks at every potential option, thinks about everyone, and decides, right? We, I might not always agree with what he does, but I know Howie is a smart guy. Like, yeah. Gettleman just comes across like he has no idea what he's doing. Because he doesn't. Yeah. And well, he says he has a plan. Well, I, huh. it's, ter- it's it's bad. Keep following that plan, Dave. Plan. It's a great plan. <laughs> no, it's great. Go with um, it. Also, just uh, real quickly as it's uh, finishing around, I don't want to ignore Dallas out of this conversation either after they are looking for pass rushing help basically from wherever they can get it from because – Suspension, retirement, and more suspension. Fights at nightclubs. Fights at night. <laughs> Fighting with cops and your, stuff. It's great. Team captain just shoving away cops there. But they got Jason Witten back, so it's all good. Hey, yeah, it's good. Yeah, go ahead and missed out on the Earl Thomas sweepstakes. Who knows? They might land Eric Berry and everybody will celebrate that. But uh, um, you really going to trade for Robert Quinn? <laughs> you really going to trade for Robert Quinn? Oh, God almighty. I mean, it just keeps getting better. If anybody tells you Robert Quinn's, oh, that's worth it. Uh, Robert Quinn sucks. Well, he and was he, great, John. He, he, Once he, upon a time, the man could play. He always sucked. Like a decade ago, it would have been a great trade. Yeah, it would have been fantastic. So hopefully that goes through. Gentlemen, any other final thoughts as uh, we're, we're thinking about all the offseason goodness here? Owners meetings next week, so we'll hear from Doug, Howie, and Jeffrey. Should be interesting. Uh no, nah, I mean, I guess we're just waiting for the Carson extension at this point. Yeah, which is, I think that's coming. I think it's on the way. James, any final thoughts? Yeah, Giannis is the best player in the NBA, ah! and, and Elliot is fucking crazy. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you. He's not a top five player. Right? Right. Wrong in All two right. sports. Crazy. That? That's crazy. pretty impressive. Correct again. Uh, do, do <laughs> Better than Sidney Jones. <laughs> it, is, it is very much in the yeah, uh, beginning stages, but we do have a lot of like summer off-season fun that we're trying to plan out right now. Let me just uh, say this to those of you who have made it to the end of the podcast. If you are interested in a flag football tournament with us and maybe some WIP people with like a cookout involved and things like that, July, August, whatever, somewhere around there. Um, Is this where you're going to run your 40? Yeah. Oh, that might be a good, a good time to do that. Oh, yeah, we should. Do, okay, that'll be implemented into the two. So that's a new idea that just happened right now. I was thinking of calling it the Kenny, the Kenny Cup in honor of... G.J. Kenny. Uh, I thought you said. I thought you were talking like Kenny. That's yeah, oh, no. what I thought you were saying. <laughs> Who do we know too? named Kenny? Is this Kenny. like uh, some old eagle? I'm not thinking of. That was from our uh, good friend Chris, who's now working up in uh, ESPN. We hope he's doing well up there. But I thought it rang a pretty nice bell. So I, I don't know. I think this is this is this might be an annual thing. If you are down for it or whatever, which what's a good hashtag? Yeah, hashtag Yeah, I'm in. Or just tweet us. Or just tweet us. Yeah, Elliot's no fun. No fun. How about um. <laughs> Hashtag Gettleman sucks. Oh yeah, Gettleman sucks. Hashtag Gettleman and Mike, sucks. You might get a lot more Giants fans tweeting <laughs> that. We might, yeah. That's uh, uh, also the fun part. Just the I feel bad for the you know. And we'll for on that day. Here's a new idea. We will raise money for the social media people that run the Giants thing because every time that they post something, it's just nothing but. 
fuck yous and I can't believe where's Odell Beckham and all that. So maybe we'll have a little charity uh, along with that too. But let us know. Uh, hashtag Gettleman sucks if you are interested in kind of getting a, a flag football team together and uh, hanging out with some beer, some food, and uh, football uh, in the summertime. For James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, I'm John Barchard. This has been Go Birds Numero 60 right here on Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds! <laughs>